So everybody ready? Yes. Let's do this. All right. No, no, wait, wait. I'm just kidding. Good. Why are you like this? Hello, friends. A quick warning before we start. Prolonged exposure to this podcast may cause bleeding from the eyes, nose, ears, the face, basically. It can cause bleeding from the face. If you experience any bleeding from your uh, your face orifices, stop exposure to this podcast as soon as possible and consult a medical professional. Before the trial cases were finished, we discovered that more bleeding had taken place in the uh, other orifices and in one case from the belly button very bizarre that's very upsetting look i didn't crawl out of the vat for this do we have a fucking book that we're going to be reading today i mean i i just needed to warn the listeners about the orifice bleeding because that way we're legally in the clear when it happens we operate outside of all governments i don't know if i'm going to be able to read the book guys there's a lot of blood coming out of my eyes just get a towel you were made to suffer david Chris, will you blot David's eyes with a towel, please, so that he can see the book? I don't have a towel. I'll do it if you come into my enclosure. I don't have a towel. Just just guide me with your voice. I'm going to have to look it up quick. Guide me with your voice. Lead David into my enclosure, guys, so I can clean the blood out of his eyes. (laughs) David, hold still. There. Read. God, why is that so rough? (laughs) Because I I have a business-like fashion to me. (laughs) No, no, David, come into my enclosure. (sighs) don't like that all right now that everyone's thoroughly uncomfortable let's begin (laughs) yeah i don't i don't want to anymore i just feel weird but no we're uh we're reading the moon people volume one today wait what the moon people volume one wait didn't we say we were never going to release this (laughs) unrelated this isn't about us Oh, this, okay. this is about something else. I started to get nervous. You know that fight or flight feeling you get when your existence is about to be put into question? No, no. no. They'll never reveal our secrets. They'll never take you away from us. Not David. Yeah. They'll never take you alive. You're ours forever. I'll see to it. Wait, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, Dale yeah. M. Courtney, this is an, a very popular book on the various sort of worst books of all time, like don't read this book lists throughout Goodreads and other internet mediums. How does the author feel? Because I noticed when, you know, looking at this on Amazon, it had three parts. Yeah, this is absolutely a trilogy. So we could milk the Moon People series for like a whole season if we wanted to. Do we really want to do that? Do you really think we're the sort of people that would milk a running moon gag? (laughs) it's true we're better better than that but but wait so the author yeah so are they are they like no my book is fantastic or are they just writing because they feel like it or or what uh that i can i can look into i have their their amazon authors biography in front of me this is another one of the like i vanity pressed published a book and just birthed it into the world kind of writers my favorite but did not then print it and distribute it for free on college campuses and at fish shows. No, so. no. Just published it, you know, through a vanity press. But apparently this person reading from their biography is a political troubleshooter and strategist, also foreign diplomat, consultant on foreign policies and economics, advisor to two presidents. 
president of of the milk club um no it it says advisor to two presidents president bush and president obama in bipartisan ways i can't speak to the veracity of any of these claims i'm getting some strong norman bhutan vibes here yes yeah um also these sentences are marked with periods and no spaces bipartisan way dot helped since april 2007 is what it says Hmm. promoter of world economic equality and world peace astrologer self-taught chiropractor which isn't a thing that's not how that works don't let anyone who's a self-taught chiropractor touch you don't don't especially if they invite you into their panelist van don't do it yeah you know i think the only thing worse than a self-taught chiropractor would be a self-taught acupuncturist Oof. yeah yeah Oof. <laughs> it's like it's like as he's working he's like i'm i'm self-taught i'm also training to become a voodoo doll expert <laughs> <laughs> yeah and, and i think we said this about uh about veterinarians once on another episode if someone operates any kind of a medical practice in a van by the river, even if they're open 24 hours and their prices are very reasonable, don't go to that business. It's not worth it. Also, one thing I want to say is a political troubleshooter must be the easiest job in the world. Like someone hands you a report, like find out what's wrong with it. And then you just turn it around and hand it back to them. <laughs> I'm done. Yeah. I just wonder where he found time to write a book with all of the other <laughs> oh it goes on doing. this bio goes on we're not oh done my. yeah a clout score k-l-o-u-t clout score does anyone know what that is no uh must not have a lot of clout oh my oh. god but apparently he has a clout score of 54 avid fisherman scuba diver love boats and water love boats and water that's a d- direct quote love boats and water not loves boats not lover of boats just love boats Maybe the 70s television show, The Love Boat. Soon we'll be taking another ride. <laughs> Maybe he's saying in his past he was a love boat and also he was water. I don't know. You know, I would say that in one of my past lives, I was a love boat. But who am I kidding? I'm one now. Huh. I'm lovely, Joe. You are. I am fabulous. You are. Um, but yeah, love boats and water writer of three books. I hope to become film one day. <laughs> I too hope to become film one day. Why does this sound like an alien wrote it? Oh my God. Wait, wait, did we check the dark side of the moon for like moon people? Is this an autobiography? I, I don't know. Called semicolon moon people trilogy member of the Republican party. <clears throat> okay okay i can't wait to hear a representation of their inner monologue i feel like that sets the stage pretty well yeah let's get into it <sighs> but before we do that i should remind you that we have a website we give you brainworms.com which will enable you to support the show give us your money to buy moon goo and moon food if you ever wonder whatever happened to all of that unpurchased nickelodeon gack got you covered yeah i wish i had some nickelodeon gack nickelodeon gack was fun uh so yeah feel free to do that i don't know i guess we're ready to get into it unless somebody else has something let's read this book yeah no real quick that moment of of joe going and don't forget this that and the other 
All right. I don't know. That's the entire show in a nutshell. (laughs) (laughs) You're not wrong. Hey, give us money. I don't know what the fuck is happening. (laughs) Here you go. The energy of this podcast in a nutshell. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Best sci-fi in 2009. Moon People, the Age of Aquarius. This is the dawning of the Age of Aquarius. Amazon gave Moon People five stars. I don't know. I'm sure one person did. It says it right here in the book. You know, if you've already purchased the book, do you really need to like know that it's good? Yeah, like maybe it's in like maybe they they put that in like there's like a you can sneak peek the first few pages kind of function in Amazon. So maybe they specifically put that there to trick you. Yeah, but if you're on the Amazon page, it already has the reviews there before you even open the book. You know, there's a way that he could have gotten away with this and be entirely accurate. Mm -hmm. If you created an Amazon profile and made your name Amazon. That's true. And then you gave your book five stars. You could totally say that Amazon gave Moon People five stars, even if your aggregate score was like one star. If that's what happened, all the effort that it would take for him to do that would probably be more effort than he's put into the entire trilogy. Well, let's find out. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, full disclosure for the listeners, the average star rating of this book is three and a half stars. And the reviews seem very irony poisoned. Hmm. Mm. Don't um, give things sarcastic five-star reviews. Uh, well, no, no, no. You're never going to win that way because people are always going to do that. So here is Chris's personal advice for aggregate review things. Always remove two stars from whatever it is. That's terrible advice. Yeah, that's not. It works for me when I see the reviews on video games. <laughs> but yeah, there are a lot of five-star reviews on this book that seem sarcastic or ironic. Okay, well, that's funny at least. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that starts to make a little bit of sense. But that's a pet peeve of mine. Like, if you're going to do an irony review, like, this is so good it made me shit gold coins, like that kind of thing. Don't leave it five stars, because you're just poisoning the well. I don't know. I guess maybe there's an argument to be made for the popularity of this book being entirely based around, like how terrible it is right and thus as an example of something terrible for people who are seeking something terrible who would do that i i I can't think of anyone sounds like a waste of time anyway moon yeah let's get into it this is the intro by the way this is before the actual first chapter starts this is just the author's intro to the book Mm -hmm. moon people this story focuses on one man by the name of David Bramer and his adventures as first science officer on the Lunar Base 1 mobile base station. Joe, I thought you said this was... You know what? Never mind. David, it's fine. Keep reading. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One of three base stations in obit around Earth. <laughs> oh, yeah. In obit, you say? Yep. In obit. Cool. This book is based on the turning point for Earth into a new era of space travel in the beginning of the Age of Aquarius. David also has a romance with one of the locals in New Smyrna Beach, Florida. Her name is Cheryl Baskell. Cheryl, by the way, spelled C-H-E-R-A-L. That's one way to spell it. So, Cheryl? Cheryl. Cheryl. David, if you do me the favor of any time it says... Sure, like Cheryl, just read it Cheryl, please. I will absolutely do that. 
Yeah, like like I know that you generally sort of autocorrect typographical errors and things in the bottom tier shit that we make you read. <laughs> but just if you kind of point out these typos, it might be kind of funny. Yeah, yeah, I got you. Her name is Cheryl Baskell, a local restaurant owner. Now, during David's experiences, he encounters some alien life forms, some friendly, some not so friendly throughout the universe. This sounds like the most boring description of Star Wars I've ever heard. <laughs> David also experiences Earth's first space battle, and he ends up saving Earth and our new friends. We start our story in the year 2048, when Earth has an aggressive space program. An aggressive one, you say? <laughs> an aggressive one. Imagine Earth being aggressive about anything. <sighs> Like, I'm not sure what that means, but does this author know that I'm not sure if it's a UN agreement or something or if it's out of date. Um, I heard that the countries of the world have decided that no war takes place outside of the atmosphere. I feel like that might have one time been a thing, like no one technically owns the moon, though the United States likes to pretend. Which is working to our advantage. Yeah. Our flag's yeah. there. That's right. And, uh, I mean, we also had the Star Wars program, and now there's yeah. Space Force, so... Space Force! The Star Wars program was never fulfilled, right? It never finalized, but they sure as shit threw a lot of money at it for a while. Yeah. I'm talking about during and after the space race, like with the uh, International Space Station. The Russians and Americans up there, like, there's no war there. There's no conflict. Like, they're just scientists. That's true. Yeah, I mean, it's it's supposed to be a, a neutral zone sort of thing. So, but, you know, give it time. By the time 2048 rolls around, I'm sure we'll be having space battles all the time. Oh, it would so not be worth it. You'd get Kessler syndrome and it would just doom us. Yeah. To planet side. It's not worth it. It may not be worth it, but that doesn't mean that's never stopped us before. <laughs> not going to stop anybody, yeah. They have just completed two large mobile base stations called Lunar Base 1, 2, and are almost finished with the third base station called Lunar Base 3. They are an eighth of a mile long and about sixteenth of a mile in diameter. They also have one very big surprise. All three ships split into three independent working sections. In addition... All three sections have lasers and rockets in their own engine. They also have shields that are a liquid that turns into a solid mass as hard as four inches of steel when exposed to the cold of space. This does not sound like an adult wrote it. They have... Also, space isn't cold. There's nothing in space to be cold. I'm pretty sure that if you go into space unprotected, you will freeze, though, because there is also nothing to provide heat. No, actually, your body is very good at retaining heat. It's a thing we picked up, you know, from the at, from the varying temperatures on Earth. You will be losing heat, but, like, not at such a rapid pace that you'll freeze. You'll die of asphyxiation much sooner. Yeah, today I learned. Also, with the vacuum, it causes uh, your entire body to swell, like, several times its own size, which is weird. Um, and uh, And your blood will boil, so enjoy. Yay! This is fine. But yeah, this totally sounds like you and your friend are playing in, in middle school. And like, yeah, our spaceship, it splits into <laughs> three pieces, and each piece has laser guns and rockets on it. No, no, no. Lasers in the engines, in the rockets. I'm not sure why they're there, but they're there. <laughs> not sure what a laser does in a rocket. This is real dumb. No, no, it's it's lasers and rockets, not lasers oh, and oh, rockets. Oh, sorry. So they have a couple of lounges where everyone goes for fun. 
Okay. <laughs> All right, cool. Do they have Pac-Man? <laughs> now, on their missions, they encounter some new friends called the Powellings. They are very friendly, and eventually they join Earth and save Earth together. The only problem is they won't stop leaning on things. The Powellings are very tall, about 7 feet to 8 feet on average. Their legs and arms and torso are elongated, also their neck. So they're humanoid. However, they are humanoid and angels <laughs> from heaven to earth. Wait, what? However, they are humanoid and angels <laughs> from heaven to earth. Is the, is, wait, is, <laughs> is the moon heaven in this guy's mind? <laughs> I don't know. When the Pauline's arch enemy, the Archons, find them, it is not too good for Earth, because Earth is caught in the middle. Well, one thing leads to another, and before you know it, it is a all-out space battle for our existence. <laughs> I hope you will enjoy my book, Moon People, because it's action-packed, P-A-C-T, oh, from good. the beginning to the end. My prostate's action-packed, and it's not very fun for anyone else. I mean... That's probably not true. <laughs> also, keep an eye out for its sequel called Moon People 2, Mars Reborn. Answer in the comments if you want us to read Moon People 2. Don't. Moon don't People do 2, Lunar Boogaloo. I don't care what the algorithms say. Don't make us read more of this. We'll do it. No, we won't, Joe. I'll release Kane. <laughs> oh, somebody, somebody say my name. <laughs> shh, 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 shh. Yeah, uh, not David. I was using you as a threat. Oh, all right. Well, stop doing that, all right? I was trying to take a nap. Hey, wake up. Don't make me get the poking stick. This is your primary function. Yeah, well, I didn't realize that you're going to be reading somebody's fourth grade Space <laughs> Force <laughs> novelization. Right? Look, look, not David is very simple. You fall asleep, that's a paddling. Bring it. <laughs> <sighs> Jesus, let's go. Chapter one. This story begins on a space line break. <laughs> Beautiful sunny day in Daytona Beach, Florida, with a man by the name of David Bramer. Bramer! Bramer! I hate to have his name, like, growing up in school. I hate David No-Bramer. Mm. I mean, dumb kids are always going to find some stupid pun to make about your name. It's, it is what it is. That's very true. A 45-year-old single man that works at the local high school as a science teacher. He also teaches astronomy in the 12th grade level. Now he has been at this school for about five years. David has become somewhat partial to a young lady by the name of Cheryl Baskell. She's not interested. A local restaurant owner in Daytona Beach, Florida. At the moment, Cheryl is preparing her restaurant for another shuttle launch at the Cape. Everyone always gathers at her place because you can see the launch real good there. What the real fuck? good? <laughs> oh, yes. You can see the launch real good there in Daytona Beach, Florida. You should go see it. No, no, Joe. It's even worse than that because that's like a method of parlance. This is like, uh, uh, you see launch real good there. Go dare. The use of like now at the start of so many sentences gives mm -hmm. it a very uh, informal kind of folksy feel that just i really do feel like this needs to be read uh, it i don't know this, this there is something i've already we're halfway down the first page and i'm already kind of thinking of this as an absurdist work of art <laughs> all right all right so so hang on real quick uh quote 
from David. This book needs to be read. Stop quote. Put that on Amazon. <laughs> yeah, it's true. I did just, just, yeah. <laughs> that can go on the book jacket. <laughs> You're welcome, guy. Uh, <laughs> He's charging money for this. Everyone always gathers at her place because you can see the launch real good there. It is right on the water and it's real close to the Cape. She always decks the place out right before a launch, too. David always goes to Sheral's place before work every morning for breakfast because it is on his way to his school. He has never missed wow. the shuttle launch at Sheral's place since he's been at his school. Wow. What if they launch the shuttle during school hours? You know, that would actually be an interesting note to take on this, because like, if there was going to be a launch during school hours, you bet that nearby schools would be like, okay, we're canceling classes, we're going to go watch the launch, but what if we're in the universe where launches are so frequent that it's not special anymore? I mean, I figure as a science teacher and astronomy teacher, he probably would be able to get away with taking his class. That's fair. Yeah, that makes sense. It would just be interesting world building to be like, oh, yeah, you know, launching things to space isn't special anymore. Oh, yeah. It's routine. Yeah. And I mean, also, this is supposed to be 2048, I think. So maybe there are regular launches. All that we, we don't know. Maybe we'll find out. Maybe. Maybe. I doubt it. David was not always a teacher. <laughs> really? Wow. Before he was a teacher... He used to work for the government for UFO research about five years ago. He didn't like the job that much because he was always bored. He really wanted to teach anyway, and when the job at the school came up, he grabbed it. Today is also October 27 in the year 2048. Okay, so so you work for the government as a UFO researcher, and you're like looking out the window like, Oh, man, I wish I could get a better job. A teacher? A high school science teacher. <laughs> My opportunities finally arrived. My boats come in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In the year 2525, I'll teach biology to survive. <laughs> I mean, I don't even care about that necessarily as much as like, I don't know what kind of credentials one needs to be a UFO researcher. Maybe it's just whoever shows up. Maybe. Maybe, maybe it's just whoever <laughs> showed up at the interview. But I feel like they're wildly different from <laughs> the education background you would need to be a science teacher at a high school. Well, consider that it's high school level and consider that in order to get a job in that position, you would have to know rel like a relative amount about space and physics and so on. So I, mean, I, I don't know if that's necessarily true, but go ahead. I feel like you could, you know, there's crossover. But that doesn't mean you know how to teach. Well, yeah. Yeah, you need a teaching certificate to teach yeah. full time, at least in Ohio. Yes, but I can only speak for Ohio. I don't know if yeah. that's a national thing, but... You need to do, like, time as, like, an intern teacher for a while. And, like, there's a whole process that has to happen. No, this one, he, a job at the school came up and he grabbed it. <laughs> and now think about how stringent we just described becoming a teacher is. Now think about all the teachers you've ever had and consider burning everything down. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> Yeah. I just, I, I am awed by this. The sheer audacity of it. Just, we, in three sentences, three sentences, uh -huh. David was not always a teacher. Before he was a teacher, he used to work for the government for UFO research about five years ago. He didn't like the job that much because he was always bored. He really wanted to teach anyway, and when the job at the school came up, he grabbed it. I've never seen, like, so much information that 
confuses like it's it's like there's a lot of information there and none of it helps (laughs) (laughs) i know it's beautiful it's it's oh my okay i got this is a a, this is something masterpiece today is also october 27 in the year 2048 the next shuttle launch at the cape is on halloween there has been some unusual events the last two shuttle launches though (laughs) They would get right up to the launch sequence and then stop the launch for some kind of weird problem. This person claims to have advised politicians. <laughs> I mean, I'm not surprised. Seeing as the, the state that American politics is in, I don't disbelieve that. <sighs> now, thinking about that, I consider burning everything down. <laughs> now everyone is very suspicious about the next launch on the 31 because of it being Halloween. What? They have also been launching three shuttles a week. Why? That's not cost effective. <laughs> Most of the people going back and forth, that's F-O-U-R-T-H. Of course, of course. Most of the people going back and forth on the shuttles are workers working on the three huge mobile base stations orbiting the Earth, two of which are just about finished. Wait, does this guy think that like maintenance workers go up to the base and then like, all right, job's over, and then they come back down? I, yeah, I think that's the implication here. I mean, maybe that's the case in 2048. <laughs> yeah. Oh, damn, the, the toilet on the ISS is, is, is clogged up. Someone spent trillions of dollars to get a plumber up there and then bring him right back down. <laughs> Just send him right back. He wrote this book in 2009, so that was almost 40 years of development from sure. that point. And we tend to think that 40 years is a long time, but we've already chewed through like 12 years of that. And all we've gotten out of the interim is fucking Space Force. Yeah. Space Force. uh, Blue Heaven or Blue Origin or whatever the fuck Jeff Bezos's giant penis rocket is. started on that bullshit. I just love that it's a cock. I love that his spaceship is just a giant phallus to the stars. (sighs) Okay. I mean, it's a better design than the brick of the shuttle that we use, like, in the 90s. (laughs) I think Armstrong said when he was bringing that thing down, trying to land it, he was like, I've had better aerodynamics on a cardboard box. That shuttle's terrible. Yeah, the shuttle shuttle program's not really in use anymore, so we'll see what comes next, but... Are the Russians still using the Soyuz? I don't know. They've been using that, like, at least if they are still using it, they've been using that for years. That That's one of those, like, AK-47 things. Like, it's not fancy, but god damn it, it works. Mm-hmm. They've also been trying to get David to join the crew of the USS Lunar Base 1 for about two years. Why? Why, why is this person qualified for everything? Which is one of the base stations that is almost completed? Wait, oh, okay, wait, no, 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 no. Okay, hang on. I don't want to be a UFO study because I'm bored. People want me to go into space. Nah. Too busy teaching high school. school. Yeah. Okay. All right. (laughs) Damn it. (sighs) Okay, I'm I'm backing up here a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Most of the people going back and forth on the shuttles are workers working on the three huge mobile base stations orbiting the Earth two of which are just about finished. They have also been trying to get David to join the crew on the USS Lunar Base 1 for about two years, which is one of the base stations that is almost completed? Question mark? <laughs> He's not sure. 
Is the narrator sure? <laughs> Nothing's certain. <laughs> David, I'm starting to lean with you that this is some absurdist thing. However, he de- he declines gracefully because he's a little scared of the launch process. Plus, he likes the school he's at. A little scared of the launch process. Everything after that doesn't scare him at all. You know, <laughs> the vacuum, potentially not being able to come back down, food resources running out, oxygen leaks. Nah, none of that. Getting up there. I mean, oh, I guess that does make a little sense. Never mind. Mm, yes. jackass. Everybody laughs about the way the base stations look. They look like a giant empty toilet paper holder from Earth with one. Why? Giant that just means they look the like a tube. <laughs> Tubes are not inherently funny. <laughs> but but why though? Why tubes? Yeah. I. It's the internet. It's the space internet. It's just <laughs> a series of tubes. Space force. I mean that. Like I'm willing to ex- accept some bullshit because science fiction. Like yeah, the space station's a tube. Like it's they they designed it that way. Science fiction, it's fine. But but why do people think it's a funny shape? Because they look like toilet paper holders. <laughs> okay, so if they say, oh well, it's a tube because it rotates to to facilitate artificial gravity, and because it's hollow, it makes it way easier to dock ships because they just you know slowly go in the middle, match the rotation, hit the airlock. I hope that he says that. Please say it. Let's find out. Hold your breath until he gives a very logical scientific explanation for the tubes. Everybody laughs about the way the base stations look. They look like a giant empty toilet paper holder from Earth with one huge engine on the back of it. From in front of the engine on the inside to the front of the base station on the inside are all docking bays. There's ten stories from top to bottom and all three base stations are a sixteenth of mile in diameter and about an eighth of a mile long. They constantly rotate for gravity when they are in operation. Oh, thank God. The USS Lunar Base 1 and 2 are rotating at this time, and in about three months, the Lunar Base 3 will start rotating. The reason why they want David is his knowledge of the stars, also because he worked for UFO research. (laughs) Also, it's not rotating for gravity. That's artificial gravity. Jackass. This is very stupid. Also, why are they lunar bases when they're satellites floating in orbit? I'm assuming because they orbit the moon. So put them in orbit around the moon instead of around the Earth. Sure. I guess that makes them easier to find consistent. I don't know what. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it makes it significantly harder to get to. Like, But what, what's the purpose? Is it, is it for studying the moon? Because that would make sense. I get that. Yeah, like, this has the energy of, like, just unedited, just typing your thoughts as they pop into your thinker. So a Norman Bouton. Yeah. Sure. I'm going to take a bet. I'm going to bet bet the listeners that this guy is saying, oh, yeah, no, we have them around the moon because then it's easier to, you know, get to further places in the solar system from the moon because of the low gravity. Like, bitch, have you ever heard of a space elevator? (laughs) Yeah, if you can afford to create giant toilet paper rolls that (laughs) have rocket lasers and separate into three sections, you can probably master a space elevator. It's true. (sighs) The reason why they want David is his knowledge of the stars, also because he worked for UFO research. 
They pay the workers a lot of money to work on the base stations because it is so dangerous and he would be an officer if he did decide to join the USS Lunar Base 1. First it starts on its mission to Mars for six months. Then off to Saturn's moon Titan. The USS Lunar Base 2 will first go to Venus for a year. Then it will head to Pluto and its moons. <laughs> what? What? That's, a, that's a long <laughs> mission. D d does this person know how big space is? <laughs> Obviously not. You think it's a long way to the chemist. <laughs> Do you think this guy, like his head would, like his eyes would shoot out of his skull, like blood would shoot out of his ears if someone showed him Star Trek? <laughs> USS Lunar Base 3 will first go to Jupiter for a year and then go to the outer parts of our solar system and beyond. Why? Why not send the one that's going to fucking Pluto? To give... <sighs> They are also paying big money to either go to our moon base and our Mars's base to work for a 10-year Mars's. Okay, now real quick, because I, I am a little lost on this. Um, would that, Should that have been M-A-R-S apostrophe? It could have just been Mars base and it would have been fine. Oh, okay. Like Mars doesn't need to own the base. It's just a base on Mars. So I just like ours, Mars's base. Mars well, is his base. Also the, the implication that someone else might have a Mars. <laughs> like, oh, oh, Mars is his base. <laughs> like the, the just, it's just a nesting doll of, of possessive nouns. Do you think that this guy thinks that if there's like other solar systems that like the one very closest to the sun's called Mercury and so on? <sighs> oh God. Okay. Where was, oh Jesus. They How are also paying big money to either go to our moon base and our Mars's base to work <laughs> for a year period. Now on this day, David is on his way to the restaurant, like always listening to his radio. His favorite song is playing when there's a interruption in the broadcast on the emergency broadcast system. This is K92FM. We take you live to NASA with a special report. Oh, God. <laughs> Was that a one long sentence? Yes. Wow. Uh, this is Steve Slater live on Channel 9. That's just one short sentence. That's about enough of that for this week. So uh, don't forget to go to wegiveyoubrainworms.com. Support us on Patreon. Jump into our Discord. If you're a YouTube listener, don't forget to like, subscribe, click the bell. Leave a comment if you have any opinions about whatever the hell you just heard. <sighs> We're so sorry. This has been a production of Brainworms Presents. Any copyrighted content contained within is used for purposes of review. Brainworms podcast is David Combs, Kane Magdalene, Christian Schaefer, and Joseph Wells. The theme music is Hodgepod Number no. 1 by Brian Davis. If you like what you heard, you can support us and learn about our other projects at wegiveyoubrainworms.com or by leaving a review on your favorite listening app. Space Force soon will be taking another ride.